All right. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Hey, we're doing good. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. That's just, good. That's good. Just chilling. That's good. Gonna eat some uh, some spaghetti. Gonna go ahead and have some macaroni. Actually, I just made tur- t- turmeric ch- chicken. Hmm. It's delicious. Hmm. That sounds really good. You got to be careful though, because if it gets on your clothes, it's stained forever. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, you do not want to get the, when you bake spaghetti, you won't want that stuff to stick to the pot. I'll tell you. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for the cooking tips, guys. You're very welcome. So with that being said, we're actually going to be doing our Godfather 2 review. Like I said, Uh, we're going to be talking about Godfather 2. So whenever this movie opens up, you're expecting to see Michael Corleone and everything right where we left off at. But instead, we wind up seeing a funeral instead. So my first initial thoughts whenever I first saw this for the very first time, because I've seen this over 100 times, but my first initial thoughts was like, what the heck is going on? I thought this was a sequel. I thought that this was supposed to be Michael and everything. And then you're wondering, and then all of a sudden they say, hey, Vito is hiding out from this other mobster uh, because this other mobster wants to kill him because he killed his dad. So basically he's killing his whole entire family. So then, of course, we wind up finding out that how Vito became the godfather the dawn of his uh, of that generation and how he rose up from that. So it was a prequel mixed in with a sequel, and it goes back and forth. It's kind of like the Indiana Jones movie at, of that time period because there was an Indiana Jones film. I forgot which one it was where they go back and forth from a young Indiana Jones to an old from the present day Indiana Jones. So it was okay. a prequel within a sequel on that one, so that's how I actually relate back and forth to it. But the opening sequence alone was really good. You're on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's going to happen or not. Right. Uh, so what was your initial thoughts when you first saw it opening up in 1901 in a funeral uh, and everything? And then, of course, Vito being on the, on the run. Oh, um, yeah, I, I kind of uh, felt the same way. You know, we're opening with the funeral. What is this about? But um I'll jump to the part where obviously it's uh, Vito and he's the, 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 sorry, uh, our alarm went off. Sorry guys. Anyways, um, um, you're at the funeral and you realize that it's a young Vito and I guess they want to kill him. So you see the part where their mom is going and pleading with the Don or the mob boss at that time to save, you know, her son Vito. And, um, you know, I, I I really thought they were going to kill the little boy until the mom, you know, uh, has the knife and she's going after the dawn of that time. And, dude, they shoot her in the freaking head. At with that point, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, with a shotgun. I was just shocked. Can't wait to, to dive into this story. It was a great opening. And, obviously, at that point, you're like – Oh my freaking gosh, like this is how we're getting started. So I enjoyed the beginning and yeah, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I really liked the beginning too. I thought it was a good start. I already knew that it was going to be like a prequel sequel type of thing. So it wasn't, it wasn't so off putting, but it it was just, it just started off like the last movie ended, just cold blooded. It's like, oh, they just (laughs) shot his mom right in the face. You better run. That little boy had wheels for days he was gone and i was so nervous for him to not be found for him to be found that that he was going to be found i was just like i know i know he's going to make it out but there's still that that 
that possibility of what if he doesn't and this is someone else right. this isn't Vito Corleone what if Vito Corleone is just another little boy watching all this happen from his window like I don't know but it was it, it, it that was a tense beginning and I was looking forward to seeing how the going back into the past of a young Vito Corleone was gonna work alongside the present day with Michael Corleone so that right. got me excited for the rest of the movie Right. Same here, because here's the thing. You don't expect the funeral. You don't expect that whole entire opening. And then, of course, yeah, Vito is – we know that Vito is going to be fine because, of, of course, we saw Godfather 1. But there's that same danger aspect that I appreciated with it where you didn't know what the outcome was going to be for young Vito right. and everything. But then you see him going into America and trying to fit in as, a, as an illegal alien right. and trying to figure out what he was going to do with for the rest of his life. And then you see Michael reminiscing probably about his father, about how he started up and wondering the decisions that his father had to make at that time. And the, and it's about the rise of the new generation while the old generation is, is dying off. Right. Which is the the Vito's generation. But Um, go ahead. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say that, um, you know, being that I didn't know that it was going to be like a side by side movie, you know, uh, telling two stories at the same time. I do have to say that with Vito seeing what happens to his mom and, and experiencing that, you know, you get that at a young age, he's introduced or probably even before that, but just the violence. So you're mm-hmm. not surprised by what he grows up to be and and just so yeah that scene alone with that little boy seeing that happen to his mom you know you're not surprised by the the way his life ends up you know being exactly and then you know another thing i want to bring up before we go um bring it back over to alex real quick too was this now whenever he goes into new york city and he's registered as vito corleone in 1917 he also lives in New York with his wife, Carmela, and their infant son, Sant'Antonio. Lo- now, get this. He actually winds up losing his job in the interference of Don fin- uh, Finucci right. uh, and everything. And so, basically, he winds up losing his job because he wants to put his, his own nephew in that position of where Vito is working at. And so, therefore, the manager winds up telling... Uh, you know, Vito, hey, look, we're going to have to go ahead and cut, let you go. And I like how the how Vito is like, okay, I understand. Yeah. He's all, He was the most calm and collect and smooth right. person because you yeah. can't really read him. And that's something right. that I really liked about his character. Even whenever uh, he was an old man, it was hard for you to actually read right. how Don Corleone uh, was because right. you know he had that calm, collect type of thing, and then as soon as somebody leaves, that's whenever he lets you know how you how he really feels about something, right. especially that whole entire business deal with the olive oil right. and stuff like that. Once uh, the le- the mob boss of the other family winds up telling him about what he wants to do with the heroin and stuff, he he said, "Look, this is not a business for me." Right. So you know, and of course he winds up walking out the door. And then after that, that's when Don really gives in to Sonny and everything else. Right. So it's the same thing over here. You don't, it's hard to read Don Corleone if you think about it. Right. <clears throat> what I really liked about those sequences, one, I thought the actors they picked to play the younger versions yeah. of like Don Corleone, uh, Clemenza and uh, uh, Tessio. 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 Yep. Yeah. Okay. I thought they looked spot on. Like, like, 
they that, that's them but younger is so cool especially um who, who, uh, let me let me let me pull it up real quick guy who plays as a uh, clemenza i think it's bruno kirby like he, yeah it's bruno kirby he yeah. looked fantastic i was like that that's clemenza oh my gosh that's him that's <laughs> or like that's that's the actor's son playing as him it's just how similar they were yeah. and i really enjoyed robert de niro as Vito Corleone. Me too. I, I thought he also had all the mannerisms now. Like I like yes. that touch where he like, you know, will do that thing with his cheek when he feels disrespected. I'm like, oh, he even has that down. That's so cool. So yeah. that 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 part of the story I really enjoyed exploring Vito Corleone's childhood. I always like that rise to power story to right. see how someone builds himself up. And then and then Don Corleone, even though he's a gangster he's still a likable character because yeah. you know he's not outright cruel like right. all the other mobsters like he has a sense of morality a sense of honor a code of honor that right. he follows and you know it's just this just makes you like him like i would hang out with don corleone he seems like a chill dude right um i like the fact that the way that they shot uh the when they're you know you're looking back on don corleone's life when they're going through his life everything is in the language you know, the, you the know, Italian. yeah, no subtitles, which I appreciate. So you kind of had to understand and kind of figure out what it was they were saying and what they were talking about just by hand movements and gestures and all that. So oh, I didn't, didn't have, subti- that, you know, oh, so you didn't have subtitles on yours. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't. The The version I watched had no subtitles. Did you, yeah. is wow. there subtitles guys? Did you have the VHS version or no? I watched it on a on um this uh this movie flick channel I have, and I watched on. Are there subtitles, guys? Yeah. Oh my god! It's it's weird how some apps for some reason like I've I've noticed this. It it depends on the movie and the service you're getting it from. Yeah. Sometimes they'll have like subtitles in it. Like I, I I forgot what movie I was watching the other day, but there's a scene where there people are talking in a different language and there's normally subtitles, but for some reason in this version, there wasn't. So I'm just like, Oh, I guess I just got to read their body language. Like, Oh, he's doing this. He's pissed off. Like, yeah, that's (laughs) what I did guys. There were no subtitles. So I'm like rewinding (laughs) to watch the hand gestures and everything and figuring out like none. And I thought to myself, wow how authentic they're being they're not even telling us what they're saying like they want us to like figure that out i watched three hours and 22 minutes of this film with no subtitles none whatsoever so i would rewind to get the gestures or the and i'm like oh okay he's upset about something or he's telling him something all right well okay okay so i'll help you out with this one with some of the scenes though since you since you didn't have subtitles. So there is a scene where basically Robert De Niro is trying to hustle uh, the Don over there. Yes. And basically he's telling his guys, Clemenza and Tessio, do not pay. He wants $200 from us. Right. Uh, And so he says, but we're not going to do that. And he goes, wait, this is the mob boss. What do you mean? We're not going to give him what he wants. Or anything. Okay. What we're gonna do is we're gonna give him fifty dollars each, and he's gonna take it. And Don Corleone. And then of course they're like, "How are you gonna do that?" Because I'm gonna make him an offer that he can't refuse. Wow. So he winds up uh, doing this. He winds up, 
and now Alex has me doing it. But he <laughs> winds up doing this. He, he tells him, look, times have been hard. I've been hit hard and everything. And this is all that we can get from our business, our side business that we've been doing. So all I can give you is a hundred dollars from us. And he looks at, and he covers up the hat at first when he gets the money. He knows it's light. And then he looks back at him, goes, what's up with that? And that's, of course, when he breaks it down to him, that's all that he can give him. He goes, but I promise you that I'll give you more whenever we get paid again. So, you know, the Don at that time was like, okay, not a problem. I'll take, I'll take the money and that's it. So basically that's what happens. The whole play thing was about how Don found his wife. Whenever he's talking about his wife and stuff like that, and she's yeah, on that stage play. play. Yeah, at the yeah. yeah, at the play. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's uh, Vito meeting his wife, and of right. course, his friend friend is also telling him this too. He's like, um, "Girls like that don't come around too often." He goes, "No, they don't." Basically, so that's why number he decides that he, that's who he wants to be with. So I'm just trying to give you some right. context in between the hand movements and stuff right. like that, so you actually know what they're doing. Right. And also, too, it also goes into the whole entire thing of them reflecting back on the bro- on the brothers, though, too. Especially when we look at uh, Fredo, right, as well, right, uh, into his stuff. But yeah, right. yeah, um, I got I got the obviously because you see the wife in the play, and eventually you see her as his wife. Um, and then the part where they're at the olive oil business, where you you know the where you know. Vito is sitting down and the guy, you know, that comes in there with the hat and the money and, and all that in that whole conversation. Okay. All right. All caught up. Okay. Ah, that was, that was, that was, that's so messed up. Like there's a whole really long scene and then they just didn't give you subtitles. I'm like, sorry. You're None. just going to have to guess. None. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you figure it out, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, no subtitles. I don't know what they were saying. I just had to figure it out. That's crazy. That, that, that That's messed up. That's hard for this movie. Cause that was a really good scene. I, I like that whole, that whole setup. Like I'm just going to give him a little bit of money. He's going to take it. And then he just follows dude home and then shoots him on the there. roof. Yeah, he falls into the parade. That was a cool scene. Yeah, I yeah, the, the, the yeah. Right. I love how they filmed it. He was just on the Robert De Niro's on the roof like Assassin's right. Creed, and then they're just just slowly like just pan shotting him. The, what, what's that? What's that out everyone, you know, the gold tooth, uh, the the hat, tooth, and he's just walking yeah. through the crowd and saying hi to everyone, not realizing that when he gets to his apartment, you know, you're gonna be dead, and how at the end of shooting him and the look on his face when he looks at Vito and says whatever he says to Vito, you know, like, Hey, and then he, he shoots you him, you know? Yeah. What you, yeah. And he shoots him, and it's like, okay, so you do understand that at that point, Vito is, is taking over, you know, mm. he's taking over that spot. So you, you know, you get that and how he's on the roof and he, you know, ditches the parts of the guns and each chimney and all that. And Yeah. I, I liked that touch, how he yes. just started taking apart the gun yes. and putting it down the different pipes. Right. Oh, that right. was so cool. Right. Uh, Fanucci, thank you. Thank you, John. Don Fanucci. Don Fanucci. Fanucci. Forget yeah. about it. Okay. But he, yeah. just, he just shot him while the fireworks were going off. Yes. Like, if you're going to assassinate someone. Right. I'm not saying that you should assassinate people, but 
in a hypothetical situation, if you're assassinating someone with a gun, do it during fireworks. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect setting. Cool. But but you know what, though? I like how he destroys the gun, though, too. Yeah. Like, he goes on the roof. He goes and slams that gun down, right. breaks it, puts it down the chimney. All, all I could think was... What are people going to think whenever they look inside their fireplace? And I could you imagine like an old lady who hasn't been down to the Italian (laughs) festival? It's like, hey, what's going on over here? What's going on? What? Why is there a gun in my fireplace? What's going on? Whoa! Why is my chimney working? Uh, (laughs) And I was thinking that too. Like, okay, so these people are going to go and find little pieces of gun, you know, in their chimneys, you know, in their fireplaces. So yeah, right. Love that scene. I love that and then, over. And especially when he wraps the uh when he wraps the cloth around the gun and right. everything and he shoots Muffled, him and yep. then to silence it. Right. That was actually pretty cool to muffle it. And then of course you also see the repercussions behind it whenever he burns his hand because of the right. gun fire. Mm-hmm. That was actually pretty cool to have a little bit of realism into it where it's not just fictionalized. And then another thing that winds up happening too is whenever I think Someone winds up getting whacked at two, so they wind up wrapping this one person up in a uh, right. in a carpet to try and sneak them out. So that was actually pretty funny. Too. In the carpet industry. Uh, I, uh, for some reason, I really wanted a rug after watching this movie. <laughs> the scene where they're stealing Don Venucci's rug, I was just like, I... I want a rug now. Like I have nowhere to put a rug in my house, but it's just like, gosh darn, that's a nice looking rug. I gotta talk to my wife. Like, let me get a, let me get, let me get a rug. Hi, Brandy. Hey, thanks for joining. Yes. But yeah, I thought that the rug scene was actually pretty funny, especially when the cop comes knocking on the door when they're trying to get rid of the body. Right. And he's like, "What is this? Oh, it's just a rug. They wanted me to go get rid of it. Okay, just." Puts it in the thing and that's it. Puts it in the back of the car and that's that's the end of it. And they drive drive off. Um, but then you also have now you we finally get to see Michael in present day, right? And Michael is going through some stuff with the Nevada stuff with the yeah. casinos and things like that because then the at the very end of the Godfather one, you know we know that he's moving into Nevada territory, right? With the casinos, right? And of course it's also hit. A birthday party that's being ha- that's happening, uh, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, at nighttime, you wind up seeing gunfire happening. Dogs are out on the loose trying to look for the people that were shooting at Michael and Kay. Because and, someone left the window open, and I, I was yeah. just like, you know, the the when that scene happened because it's it's you know little Michael's you know birthday party and all that. And, you know, at that scene, you get to see the sister from, you know, part, you know, one and where she's at and, you know, catching up with everyone. But when that scene happened, when, you know, Kay's laying in the bed, it's like, Michael, who left the window open? And, you know, and they start shooting him to take him out. Obviously, you know, I'm like, who the fuck would set him up? It has to be someone at the house. But I wasn't thinking that it was um, Fredo. Right. Yeah, I wasn't. I, yeah, I, you know, I kind of saw something coming. Like I was like, "Oh, Fredo wouldn't just outright betray Michael. He probably just like agree to something stupid." You know, right. that's what I always expected. Did did was Fredo the one that opened the window? Did we ever figure that mm-hmm. out, or he just contacted the people and 
to let him know. He had to have, because he had to be at the mm -hmm. Who else at the house well, would leave the window open? What do you think, John? Well, here's the thing. Remember whenever he's in Cuba or uh, where he's at, he winds up telling um, Michael, hey, look, I didn't know they were going to whack you or anything. I didn't know it was going to be a whack mm. or anything like that. And he basically that's BS. He said, he right. he's, then why did you go to those people that you said you didn't go to? Right. And say that, you know, where the communion party was going to be at, why did you, why did you do what you did right. if you didn't know it was going to be a whacking? So he knew. I think he knew. I like the scene you. where the 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 scene where Fredo's in bed and the, what and he and his wife is in bed. And what I love about that scene is the sheets and the blankets are all silky dark black. The bed is black. So you know, after that shooting happens and they show Fredo, it's like you're looking at evil. Everything is black in that scene. And he gets that phone call. And he doesn't, you know, and that's when you realize, okay, he's involved because, you know, the conversation he's having on the phone is, why are you calling me? You told me you wouldn't call me. Don't ever call me at this phone, in, this number anymore. So at that point for me, not seeing this film again, that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, Fredo was involved in leaving a window open. Like, you know, but the, the, the bond that they all have, why would he want to be involved with offing his brother? Mm-hmm. But then you find out why, though, because right. they always, even whenever he was first born, right. you can see Vito looking at his son and wondering if this was going to be the heir for his whenever he winds up retiring. Right. You can see it in his eyes. And then you wind up finding out that he he's very fragile because of right. the fact that he has pneumonia. And at that time, I think that Vito probably saw him as weak right. as a baby, which right. is not the baby's fault that he has pneumonia. But... Right. But, you know, uh, that's probably why he second-guesses uh, Rado and everything right. and why he wasn't accepted as to Sonny, who was actually the more of the aggressive, aggressive one. Yeah, right. And Michael was more of the – was basically more of the thinker. Right. And to find and out that Fredo's older than Michael, so you would think, well, you know, Fredo being upset because he felt like he – you know, he like he said, he's the one that goes to the airport – he goes and picks people up. He goes and does like the little medial jobs and he's the older brother to Michael. So he should have been, you know, next in line. But when you see him born and you see the cupping that they're doing, because I, I looked it up so I know what, what they were doing and come to find out that's how they, you know, would heal, you know, if the, the you know, being that Fredo was born with the pneumonia, you know, they did the cupping on him. So, okay. At that point you realize you put it together. Okay. Like you said, he's, he's weak and he's always been looked at as weak. But I get how upset he is because after Sonny, he was supposed to be the next one in line. Michael was not supposed to be. So, yeah, there is some, you know, resentment there with Michael. Right. And jealousy. Michael, jealousy. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like uh, at the same time, uh, what, what I like about his character is he made it it made it obvious to me why he wasn't chosen. Because, you know, he, he wasn't was the smart screw up. He, he, he right. was. He was not, not to say that, you know, he was weak because he was sick as a baby or anything. Right. I was just looking at his actions as a I grown man. You know, he was always 
he was the one partying. He was the one that was kind of just too soft when it came to protecting his father when the dudes in the first movie started shooting at him. Right. He balled you know, up, was, didn't he? Was just <laughs> looking at his yeah. actions, and I was like, that, that's why you weren't picked, Fredo. Like, that's why you got to pick right. people up at the airport. <laughs> but that, even then, he couldn't do that, that right. Not when he's with you. That's why you're not but dude, even it. then he couldn't do that right because mm-hmm. remember when whenever they're at the New Year's party, and if you this is actually whenever we get introduced after we get introduced to Henry Roth's right. character in Cuba, right? Right, and he thinks that he's going to live forever. This guy, and he's and stuff like that. He goes, and my he reminds me of my uncle Charlie because he's also Italian. He goes, just look at me. I'm going to be young. Look, the doctors told me. You know what, Angelo? I I have good bones, and he said I'm very strong, and I'm gonna live forever. And so this guy kind of reminds me of my uncle Charlie a little bit, but uh, he has he's kind of the cake thing. Of course, he also feels insulted because of the fact that Michael didn't bring the two million dollars or anything like that. Yeah. But if you remember at the New Year's party, whenever he, it was supposed to be Fredo's first time meeting this one person, remember that meeting the. Okay. Johnny Ola. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Fredo's first time. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. So Michael is sitting there, standing there behind them. Right. And Johnny looks at Fredo, and Fredo looks at him. And and basically, I think Fredo or Johnny winds up saying, Hey, do you remember that club that we. He goes, Yeah, I went, we went to that Fredo club. Was yeah, Fredo was that. Yeah, Fredo was saying, Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. today. I'm like, oh, gotcha. You just right. snitched on yourself. How do you do right. that? Right. He couldn't even lie right. Kinda, you know, <laughs> listening and quiet as he is. But yeah, that's right. Because he, I remember when Fredo had mentioned Johnny and Michael kind of looked at him and then looked back at his guy, like, you know, you know, yeah. See, like, I'm, I'm putting it, like, it's my brother. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was my brother. Yeah. That, that part broke my heart. It was just like, I knew, I, I, I kind of had a feeling Fredo was going to be the one to do something like that. But still, it's just like watching this family fall apart in this oh, movie. Right. It, was just, it was just hurting my soul. Right. It was. Especially how Michael, if you look at Michael and the way the, sh- the camera's actually shot when he's in that room with, when you have the sister pleading with him. Oh, to, to talk see to Fre- yes. Talk to Fredo whenever his mom right. dies. We're skipping right. a little bit, but we're getting to the. Uh, we'll go back in a minute. But right. to me, if you look at the shadows, that shows the darkness that Michael's actually in, and resembles the darkness right that's in him. Yeah, and especially right. yeah. when Kay comes and visits and wants a kiss from her son Anthony, and she goes, "Come on, give your mama a kiss and everything," and you see. Basically, Al Pacino's character, you see Michael just stone face. Right. And then shuts the door in front of Kay's face again for the second time. Right. It's like how he shut the door in her face uh, in the very end of Godfather 1. So it's very reminiscent to Godfather 1. True. But it also goes to show you how imperfect Michael is whenever he wants to whack somebody. Because of the fact that he didn't set that up right. To be able to, like he did in Godfather uh, 1, he did that perfect, perfect right. execution. With Roth's character character and everything, he was right. actually hard to get through. Right. 
and everything. And especially whenever the bodyguard winds up going into the hospital bed trying to oh. kill him. And then he gets <laughs> shot. Yeah. It's just devastating because of the fact that nothing he planned went right. I was confused by that, too, because when they're setting that up, at first when he when the bodyguard goes up in the room and he puts the guy in a chokehold, at first I'm thinking it's the old guy. And I'm I'm like, wait a minute, how is he, you know, he has so much vigor in him, he's fighting. And so I had to rewind it back and realize, oh, that was his bodyguard. Okay, so he's trying to get to dude to kill him and then gets caught trying to smother the guy and he gets shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm just surprised by that because Michael fucked up. Like, how, how are we going to fix this? You know, mm-hmm. also, I want to go back to the, the, um, the scene for the New Year's when he grabs Fredo and gives Fredo that kiss and Fredo kind of looks at him and he lets Fredo know, I know it was you. And Fredo takes off and he's running away. At that part, I thought, oh God, he's getting ready to kill Fredo. And I was surprised that he didn't do it. So I thought maybe, okay, he it's his brother. So he's going to let it go until obviously later on you find out. And also the comment that Michael made later on when he told the, the guy like, don't do anything to him while my mother's still alive. And I'm like, are they going to show that? Are we going to get to the mom dying? Like, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So as soon as I saw that, he gave him that kiss. I'm like, oh, there he goes. Let me just cross Fredo off the list. (laughs) He lasted a lot longer than I thought he would. But I was like, oh. That's a wrap for you, dude. And then hi, 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 what's his name? Hyman Roth. He, Hyman Roth. He 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 was annoying in this yeah. movie. I, I was like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what this guy's deal is. I don't know what like him and Michael have like this relationship going on, but he he needs to. I need someone to whack him real soon. Right. Fortunately, fortunately, we get we get it, but not early uh, like you want it. No, yeah, he lasted way long. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Hyman was actually the annoying character out of this whole thing because of the fact he's so cocky as an old man in his 80, 70s or 80s thinking that he's going to end up living forever. Mm-hmm. But like I said, he reminds me of my Uncle Charlie. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I think that the Hyman Roth character needed to go right at the very beginning. But I'm glad that you ha- you see the imperfectness of Michael and the stuff that he's doing. And then you see how later on and when with Vito kills the mob boss about how smooth that went right versus that. And what I mean by the mob boss, I'm talking about the one, not in Sicily yet, but the one in New York and how smooth that went. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. And then you also see how Vito also conducts business. Right. Because remember uh, another thing too, is this poor woman who's about to get evicted from her apartment and they're talking in Italian, but (laughs) And this is what winds up happening. He winds up telling him, "Hey, look, how much? How much does she owe you?" Going through his money, he goes five dollars. Basically, is what her rent up went oh, up. I, I think five dollars. Me too. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> Time to right. pay rent. Five dollars. <laughs> I have that. I have that. Pay it up for years. Right. <laughs> but here you go. But then Vito, uh, he goes, "Look." And the cat stays. The uh, the animal stays. No, no deal. He said the cat stays. Gives him his whole entire m- money off the clip. 
Then he goes on it. He goes, you can ask anybody in my neighborhood and how well I'm respected in my neighborhood. And they'll come back and tell you that I'm a stand-up guy. And then I like how he goes into the shop where Vito is. And they're having trouble with the door anyways. Even his own right. people are having trouble with the door. Right. But he thought he was going to get whacked right. in that store. <laughs> right. He's like, let me pay my respect. Hey, man, take your money. I'm sorry. Right. She can live there. She can have all the animals she wants. I'm sorry. Mwah, mwah. Love you. <laughs> Love you. I'm, I'm just going to head out now. And I like how they're looking at each other, laughing at the guy because the guy knows he's going to get whacked. You see Michael or Vito looking back at at dudes standing up there and they're etching on, you know, the olive oil stuff. And the guy's trying to get out of the freaking shop. And I was wondering, what's up with the door? Like, are they are they purposely are they getting ready to whack this guy and come to find out? No, the the door just has a freaking problem. But I thought the dude was going to get killed. I didn't think so. Here's the thing. When Vito's over there just smiling. You know, because here's the thing with mob bosses, even Tony Soprano does it. He just sits there, chills, and just watches what's going to happen, what's going on, because he likes to be intimidating and also for someone to fear him, but uh, love him, and but yet also fear him. Okay. So, and that's what he's doing. He's playing a game with him. Right. There's a, uh, there's a scene on The Sopranos where basically the next door neighbor. He winds up going, and of course, the next door neighbor's a douchebag because he's making fun of him because he's Italian. So Tony goes on ahead, wraps a pound of sugar in a brown uh, brown bag, uh, wraps it up in this uh, wine wine uh, pastry kind of box. He goes, "Hey, come over here." He goes, "What?" He goes, "Hey, I need you to go on ahead. I need you to watch this for a couple of days." And. He goes, and I'll call you when I need it. He goes, what is it? I can't tell you what it is. I'll call you whenever I need it. <laughs> and then it goes over to the uh, the counter with the guy next door neighbors and his wife. And he winds up, and they're looking at the at the pastry of this th- this thing that's wrapped up. He goes, you know, what is it? He goes, I don't know. It could be a bomb. I don't, I don't, should we open it? No, I don't think we should. <laughs> and then I also said the end of credits for the Sopranos on that episode, but it was actually a pretty funny bit. So, you know, mob bosses have a way of having this dark humor because they like to be, you know, they actually like the whole entire aspect of someone fearing them. Right. So that's what he got. Right. So. It's something that I was thinking about, because after I watched this movie, just, going away from the prank for a bit oh yeah that does sound funny i need to start watching sopranos i should probably get on that i'm <laughs> a few years late but you same know, here same better here. late than never but anyway I, I i after watching this movie i was trying to figure out like what was the point of the two different timelines but i think and i'm thinking as you know we're talking i think it has to show how much michael forgot like what it meant for the family to be in this type of business. Cause mm. like with Vito, he, he, you know, he was a gangster. He did kill people, but it was all for like the good of the community. You know, he right. wasn't, he was like, there was always something It was for, to keep his family safe and, and fed and protected. He would keep the people in his neighborhood happy and just have everything running smoothly. Yeah. Like he, it was more of a selfless gang than anything. Whereas in, Michael's case, he's very lost in the 
the business itself. It's all for him. Like it's, he's very focused on himself. How can he get himself more power? But at the same time, his, his family, like his wife, his kids, his brother, like everyone's turning away. Like he's pushing everyone away. Like everything that makes him human that made Don Vito so beloved, he doesn't have, he's too much of a, of a robot. That one, that 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 one idea that I think that's why when it has that flashback with him and his and like Sonny and Fredo right, at the right. birthday party ready to surprise for Don Vito's surprise birthday party right. and just ends with him sitting there by himself. I think that is supposed to represent him in power of the Corleones. Like he's right. like he he runs the business, but he doesn't have family left. Right. That's kind oh, of what I got. Right. Mm. I can definitely see that because Michael definitely got lost with the power. Yes. He didn't know how to keep the balance between the two, like with Vito. And he was not very calm and collect like Vito either, especially when you have Hyman Roth and then you also have the, uh, let's see here. What's the other guy's name that I'm trying to think of? The one that. No, not Johnny Ola. It was actually the other guy with the mustache that oh, the one that got away that they tried to kill and oh, uh, that was Frank, Frank, Frank Pan- something Pantangeli. There Frank you go. Pantangeli. There you go. Yeah, with Frank and everything with Frank, uh, uh, with Frank's character, you know, we find out that it wasn't Michael that was trying to kill him, but he thought that he was trying to kill him, and now he's trying to testify against Michael. And trying to rat out the whole entire mob, right? And and then all of a sudden you see Michael there, and then he changes his tune. Oh, I made it all up. Right. <laughs> that look that his brother gave him, you know, because um, at first I didn't realize that was his brother, and I just noticed that when he saw Michael, you know, obviously there's going to be some fear. But then, like as soon as he looks at who we now, who we, who I now know is his brother, the look they gave, and it was like obviously the brothers talking to him, like. Like, don't do this. Like, you don't you don't want to do this. And they they show that long stare and he turns and it's like he Frank realizes. Uh, I'm not doing this. I'd rather go to prison. Than to do this. So and now everything is, oh, I made it up. I was just upset. You know, I was upset at Michael and, you know, he goes to prison, you know, but. Yeah, that scene was really poignant for me. Just that stare that they gave each other was just like, yeah. Well, this goes also what Alex was talking about with that power, because remember, he said, because even his own brother says, hey, look, why do you want to go after these people still? Right. He said, these people are on the run now. You don't. There's no reason for you to try and whack them anymore. Right. Uh, you have Frank Santangeli, who's in prison. You have... Of course, you wind up having Hyman Roth on the run. Right. So you have these people afraid. You won, Michael. You won without right. even have them having to pull a trigger. Right. And, and Roth just couldn't actually, get into any country. Remember, he couldn't get into Panama. He couldn't get. Right. He couldn't take refuge Israel, anywhere. You know. Run. Yeah, like running. Exactly. So, you know, I thought that was also something that was part of Michael's problem was the power, but also power for revenge. Whenever oh, it didn't need to be happening anymore. But I can also understand in a sense because of the fact that it was his, about his son and his wife that could have gotten killed right. at, at the Christian uh, for the baptism and everything right. for the communion. Right. So I can understand that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you won, Michael. Look, 
go ahead and do this, what do you gain from this? Right. Right. So I understand from Tom's perspective. Right. As his concierge. Right. And everything. So I understand where he's coming from with that. And then, of course, we wind up finding out, too, where you wind up finding out that the veto winds up going back. This is another flashback where he winds up whacking the person that had uh, that was basically the reason why he was on the run. Right. The, the 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 guy in uh in Italy right the guy that he got, right. that he got it oh my god that was just brother right that was just brutal and I didn't realize that that was the, the guy that you know was responsible for killing his mom I totally forgot all about that that happened so I didn't catch it until later on realizing oh my god that's why he did that but he gutted that guy and. Yeah, I was not expecting that because I didn't put those two together. Yeah, I, not at all until afterwards. And it's like, oh, okay. So he went back and settled score. Right. So yeah. what are, what are I, I know, Alex, what, what are some of the things that you didn't really like about it, though? That's what I was wondering about. Uh, yeah. So when this movie ended, I was just like, mm, that was three hours of my life gone. Yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> I, 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 I want to make this very clear. I don't okay. think this is a poorly made movie. Like I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it wasn't for me. The, just in terms of the story. I thought it was heartbreaking for me to see, you know, Michael, who is at this position of power, just lose it all. Like he just he just broke down just his, his wife, his kids probably locked, kicked out. of. Did, did he kill his wife? No, no, he didn't kill his no. wife. He just had no. her kicked out. Yeah, okay. right. He, he just had her kicked out. His wife, you know, his kids. I assume hate him. Uh, he had to kill his own brother. His sister's off doing God knows what. Right. You know, so, so he's just sitting there alone. That made me depressed. You know, and you know stories like movies that leave me ending like just, huh? <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot of care. I about. get what you, I get what and you're saying also, though, man. And also comparing it to the first movie, which was phenomenal. What right. I liked about the first movie, it was like it was like one big chess match, and like you had the gangsters and then and then the, the, the bad gangsters, and it was just like they would hit each other. They were just hitting each other, just out whacking each other in each turn. It was like oh my gosh, so exciting! Like it was exciting. Whereas in this movie, it was just like okay, we're gonna I'm gonna try to whack this guy. Oh, didn't work. All right, they're gonna try <laughs> to whack me. Oh, then it work. <laughs> and then it's just like, well, let's let's just stare at each other and talk about money for a bit. And just, like, not and the, and the political stuff though too, probably. Yeah, yeah. though the political stuff, like that stuff was interesting, but it didn't have that same like I didn't have that same tension that the first movie gave me. The first movie right. had me like this, like, oh God, Jesus, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> this movie, I was just like, all right, that's shady. Okay, white people doing white people things, and, like that, you know? and, then, and then it just ends. So I'm like, oh wow! So first movie is great. Second movie was like I, I won't say it was bad, but I didn't like it. You were hoping for some positivity at the end of the film, basically. Where yeah, like, there was like, some the fir- like the first movie, I wouldn't say I was happy. I'm like, yeah, he killed all the people. I wasn't like that, but it right. was just like. Like, okay, they're the good good guys, and they overcame all these challenges, right. So, and they end on top. And I'm like, cool, that's a nice, satisfying ending. 
This movie was just like, yeah, Michael just totally destroyed his life. I'm like, okay, how does how does he fix it? And he was like, oh, he doesn't. See ya. And then he's <laughs> he just leaving. I'm like, oh. And I get that some stories end that way. It's just, right. I, I just don't like it. I don't need every, I don't need like a happy ending all the time, but I, I need something that makes me feel, ah, uh, okay, resolved. Or feel like the character might actually re, might actually be redeemed within some, later on in the film. Right. Give, give, give me something, a little something like, oh, your mom's really not dead. I don't know. Something. No, not, not, not you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kill you, bro. I didn't mean to kill you. Mom's alive. Mom came back to life. Now she wants revenge for Frey. Other two. My biggest concern, though, is like, we're, like a lot of people talk mess about Godfather 3, but because I didn't like this movie, I'm worried that I'm going to like the third one. Right. And there's going to be an angry mob outside my house. Like, how are you going to like Godfather 3, but not 2? What the hell is that? Oh, that's, because That's all I'm worried about right now. But here's the thing, though. Godfather 1 and 2 is actually based off of a novel. Mm-hmm. 3 is its own separate thing without an, without anything context to it. Okay. It's kind of like the Fantastic Beast, but no. the mob edition. <laughs> but... <laughs> but I do have to say this though. Um, when Fredo gets whacked up on the boat, now to me, this reminds me of something basically a little foreshadowing because you wind up seeing Fredo talking about the time when he felt like he was like right on top when he caught the biggest fish that he could that he had. And you know, basically, when someone whacks you, you're thrown to the fishes, right? So, therefore, you're a rat, so therefore, you're going to get thrown to the fishes. You're fishing, so therefore you're going to be thrown to the fishes. Right. So that's and now he's sleeping with the fishes. Yes. Yeah, because I thought he was going <laughs> to be, you know, like put overboard or you know anchored down or something like that. Obviously, I know he's going to be killed, but that's what I thought. I, I didn't know that they were going to, you know, shoot him. I just thought they were going to take him way out there and just dump him out there and do that. But it'll be too easy. Well, and it was really, really <laughs> sad that part. Like I knew he had to go, but it was sad. Oh, and what was even, you know really sad to me was him knowing that he's going to die and he's saying that prayer with mm-hmm. the guy sitting behind him and he goes and he starts saying that prayer because obviously he knows you know th- this is it for me you know I'm, I'm gone that was really sad also the part where you're talking about where at the end you know you have Michael sitting there you see his age you see his gray hair the lines in his face he goes to the flashback and it goes off so I'm, you know, hoping that in three, you know, maybe he gets it back again. Maybe he's going to, you know, rise, you know what I mean? Like rise back up. Maybe the wife will come back. You know, it will be different. Um, but me knowing that there's a three, that's what I'm hoping for. Because the way that it went off, it was sad because I didn't want him to lose his family and, and you know, all of that. And he did, you know, so um, hopefully I'm hopeful for three. But I did like to. I, I really enjoyed the side-by-side story, and it was very interesting. I liked it. It definitely was. And, you know, uh, there's also another scene, the scene, too, when basically you wind up seeing his sister pleading with Michael and saying, go talk to Fredo. Right. You need to talk to Fredo. I don't want to talk to Fredo. Please, Michael, please talk to Fredo. So finally he talks no. to Fredo. Right. 
but he gives him that tight hug, that yeah. tight Italian hug, and he yeah. starts patting him down. Yeah. So this is what why he's patting him down. He's patting him down not because he thinks he has a liar. He's patting him down to see what he's wearing. Because <clears throat> he's actually wearing a bulletproof vest. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, uh, Fredo is wearing a bulletproof vest because he doesn't trust his own brother. Oh. Therefore, you know, he's waiting until the day that his brother would actually kill him. So what he did was, what Michael did with that hug was, he figured, okay, so I need to make it look like that I forgive him. Right. When I really don't. And also gain his trust. So what better way to do that? Give your brother a hug. Make it look like everything's okay between him. Right. Him, because you're not going to go fishing with a bulletproof vest on. Right, right. It gives him a chance to catch him out off guard. Right. So he winds up shoot, whacking his own brother. And right. now there's no one left of the Carleon family but him and his sister. Right. Yeah, sad. And there's something else that I want to bring up. And <clears throat> just remember this. In the very first movie with Sonny banging the girl at the wedding. Right. That uh, he actually produced a son, so that's all I'm going to say in the third, and that's how it opens up in the third film, basically, with some stuff that hap- winds up happening. Really? Yep. Okay. So I'm just giving you some context into to, okay. to give you guys some setup. Okay. I'm not spoiling anything for you. I just want to give you that little bit of setup in case you forgot. Yeah. Wait, right. Where 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 did this kid come from? Right. I don't remember. Right, because I don't remember Sunny. Being in a relationship or anything like right. that, but that's what winds up. That's that's who the kid belongs to. Interesting, because I'm also wondering what part three. Obviously, I think, and you don't have to tell us, but I, I'm <laughs> thinking that little Michael is going to have a big part in part three, because obviously Michael wants more boys, and you find out that the wife, who you thought you know um, had a miscarriage, actually had an abortion because she didn't want to bring any more of his kids, especially boys into the world. And the relationship that I noticed that Michael had with the son, he was very quiet, but that conversation when Michael goes and tucks his son in and he's like, you know, I want to go with you on business. Maybe I can help you, you know? So when he asks his dad that I'm thinking, Oh my God, is this kid going to play a major part in three, you know, the next generation. So I'm really excited to see three. And here's the thing. I'm glad that this is y'all's first time in experiencing the Godfather trilogy because I like introducing people to classic films. You know me, Rossi. You know me, Alex. I like introducing people to new things. And I'm glad that I'm doing this uh, review with you guys to be able to do this. So this means so much to me that you guys wanted to do this trilogy. Absolutely. Thank you. You, I mean, I knew the movie is going to be good. Like we hear about it. I've always heard about the Godfather, but I, I'm so happy. I can't believe I waited this long to see this film. And I'm happy that I waited because I got to, you know, me and Alex got to experience it for the first time. And you, Mr. Collector's Edition of everything that's good. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I don't have the title edition. (laughs) Lucky jerk. (laughs) You guys, seriously, I am, I am shocked. You guys, literally, I'm watching it like, wow, they really want us to experience like, <laughs> like Italy and, and them being over here and there's no subtitle. And, and I noted, I wrote that down so I can note, this is what I'm going to bring up. I'm going to bring up the fact that 
I really love the fact that they didn't put any subtitles so that you have to really, you know, be in the film and really try to figure out what they said. I can't believe I end up watching it. Like, dude, no subtitles, none. So I'm rewinding it so I can figure out what they're saying. I, I can't believe that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brandy has never seen any of the Godfather movies either. And oh I told God. her. Brandy. When are you going to watch it with her? I am. I'm going to introduce it to her. But right now, we're watching all the seasons of Stranger Things so she can get caught up for July 2nd. So that's what we're doing right now. Awesome. Okay. That's all right. I just started watching Stranger Things. Just started. I'm on season two. Yeah, I'm on season two. We're on season. Yeah. Season one, episode three for me. Season two, episode six for us. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, by the, by the way, I forgot to mention this. I do not own the Godfather 3 Coda edition, <laughs> which is the special, special edition, because I want that DVD, I want that Blu-ray, because it's supposed oh to God. give you a different experience with it. Hey, okay. But the other one I have is the eight-hour Godfather. <laughs> really? Eight hours? Yeah. What it does is it goes on and gives you uh, basically Vito Corleone's story first. Okay. And then it goes into Michael's life. Okay. And so, yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That is a little. It was a lot when I saw intermission and it went and because the the version (laughs) I watched, guys, was it in your version? Yes. Okay. All right. I want to make sure. All right. I I just said. Yeah, mine yeah. just mine just said time to change the disc. Which is a side to be back. Remember those days? Yeah, disc one, disc yeah. two. Like God, don't right. I gotta right. switch this out. Old school <sighs> DVD days. Gosh. Yeah, that's. Did you guys see how much Nancy looks like Stacy uh, Stacy Cohen uh, from the eighties? Oh. Nancy, who is that? The the wife from from the Stranger Things is what oh, she's okay. talking about. Okay. The big sister, the big sister that's like ten pounds. She's so tiny. She is very tiny. I'm like poor thing. <laughs> but we might actually have to do a review on Stranger Things once Rusty is done for season one. Yes. Oh yes. I'll I'll be down for a season Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Right. Then sh- oh. The show, she was, okay, the person was on My Two Dads. Okay. I remember that show. Do you guys remember My Two Dads? The pretty girl that was like, I think she was like some orphan or whatever. Anyway, she had two dads. They weren't gay. They were just her two dads. Read that again. Sorry, she was just, sorry, she was just giving me orders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You better read that, Tony. You know what? Let's go fishing, John. Let's go fishing. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm safe. I've seen Godfather 2. I don't need to go fishing. Um, that's probably why I don't like the great outdoors. <laughs> but, but, guys, I do appreciate you guys so much for doing this review. I I know it's been two week, three weeks since we did Godfather 1. I'm just glad now that we're able to do Godfather 2. Absolutely. Godfather 3, I can't wait to hear y- y'all's like, opinions on Godfather. Oh, hearing it's my entire. <laughs> Absolutely, John. But yeah, 
I can't wait. Um, but anyways, that's going to do it as far as the show goes and everything, guys. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoy Godfather, our Godfather 2 review. Next Thursday will be our Godfather 3, and then that's going to be it for our Godfather saga. Then after that, Alex is going to be showing us the wonderful world of Avatar. So Last Airbender, not the Blue People movie. Nope. Right, right. And not the Air Last Airbender movie. Right. Dear God, no. no. The TV show. No. Right, TV show. exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for tonight. And I hope everyone has a great and safe night. And we'll catch you on the next one.